Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Let's get into this word. Who has your Bibles with you? Hold it up. Let me see it. Come on. Come on. Some of y'all got phones. I won't even try you anymore because you got the app. As long as you have the app, your phone is saved and sanctified. It's good to have the app, though, because all the notes that I'm going through today, they're already on the app for you. So you don't have to like, oh, did I miss what he said? It's there. Just listen and take it into your heart. Amen. There's some fill in the blanks there for you. So that makes it fun. It's like a little quiz and you could use that. You could even use that in your family or amongst your friends in the week, man. Have a little dinner at your house and say, hey, hey, you, man, I, I heard some crazy stuff about the Bible this week. And build a conversation. Like, you know, we have conversations about a lot of nonsense. Let's start having conversations about God's word. Why are we having conversations about the new tea? Right? You heard that tea? You have more conversations about tea than you have about Jesus. Okay, I'm going to stop. They don't say that no more? Okay. I thought I heard you say that at least last week. All right, I'm behind. No tea? Okay. What is it now, like hot chocolate? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> First Chronicles 29, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Um, usually I read out of the NIV. I'm in this, this, this version because um, it, says, it says things a little bit in a way that's a little bit easier to, to understand and put into context uh, for you, um, specifically quantities of things that I want you to, to catch, okay? Um, but I give you context for everything. I don't just believe in preaching the word and trying to pull something and make something out of nothing. I try to give you context to God's scripture because the context makes it mean something, Amen. First Chronicles 29, verses 1 through 9, read like this. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work of, ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals, it is for the Lord God himself. I got to say it with that, that emphasis because there's an exclamation point on the end, so I'm not just yelling just to yell. <laughs> Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there's enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx and other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stones and marble. Verse 3, listen to this. And now, because of my devotion, look at your neighbor say devotion. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much because you picked them second and say devotion. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. This is why I'm reading this version so you can hear these quantities. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold. You're supposed to say, wow. <laughs> I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 
262 tons of refined silver. I didn't say pounds, I'm saying tons of silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the gold and the silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Then I love this. He says, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and the captains of the armies and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. And they gave 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 367 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings. I love that. The people rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And the king, David, was filled with joy. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray that before the earth began to spin on this axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here today. God, you're not surprised by who showed up. You're not surprised by who's watching online. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will always be open and receptive to a word that will always be about your son, Jesus. For he is the reason that we do all things. He is the reason that we worship. He is the reason that we gather, and he is the reason we are saved. God, I pray that somebody that needs this word will hear this word and receive this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, take about five seconds to give Jesus Christ a shout of praise. This is the fifth part of this series, Produce the Seed. And if you want to give it a title, I encourage you to take notes. I'm calling it Produce the Seed. Produce the Seed. I love to look around and see so many beautiful people today, especially on a nippy day in South Florida. How many of y'all walked out your house this morning? You was like, ooh, you turned around, went right back in. I love when it gets like a little bit cold. Like, I mean, it's not like really cold, but I like when it gets a little bit cold in South Florida because we all finally have an excuse to wear that jacket that we've been wanting to wear like for the whole year. We start pulling out trench coats. I saw a lady, she was wearing a mink before. I'm like, yo, it's just like 60 degrees, but I ain't even mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I might be sweating up here right now, but listen, this is the only day of the year I might get to pull this thing out. Thank you, baby. You and your little trench. You better pull it out the one time you can pull it out, girl. That's what we do here in South Florida. That has nothing to do with the message, by the way. So, we've been in a series called Heart for the House. And next week, um, we're going to do something special. Once a year, we take a, a special offering over and above our normal tithe and offering. Tithe is done out of obedience. It's 10% of whatever God has given you. It all belongs to him, so we don't really worry about the 10% that uh, we give back because, man, he still leaves us with 90% 
to live on. That's something we do every Sunday, and that's what my wife already talked about. This is special. This is over and above. Why? We call it Heart for the House because we are literally trying to build a house. How many of y'all know we don't want to be renters forever, amen? This is not our building. This is not our building. No building we've ever been in has been our building. And we don't want to have uh, to rent forever. We want to own something so that we can have a hub in the center of the community so that we can be the miracle in Miramar that we've always set out to be. Amen? With that being said, it's going to take sacrifice. And we're, we're learning what it truly means to give over and above by looking at the life of David. Because as we've already heard, he gave the greatest heart for the house offering of all time uh, at the end uh, of his life. So next week, there's two very special things that are going to happen as you bring this offering. One, I have a huge announcement that I'm not going to say right now. And if you want to know, you're going to actually have to show up next week. But two, every person that attends, I'm going to give you something that we have never given you before. And I promise you, it's something you'll want to hold on to, something you'll want to keep. It's something special. But you only get it if you show up. So if you watch it online, if you want what I'm trying to give you for free, it's going to be right here. It's going to be amazing. It's actually going to be something you can hold and take with you. So I'm going to give you something, and I'm going to tell you something that I've never said before. Is that cool? That's a reason to come back next week, all right? November 14th, Heart for the House, it's going to be awesome. That's the big day. We're going to give the largest offering we ever had as a church. Awesome. It's going to be great. If this is your first time here, you're like, yo, this dude, he talking about offerings, man. Listen, it's cool. This is not for you. This is for the people that if you call this your house, then you already know. Amen? Okay, so. Heart for the House been a series that we were in. This is the fifth week. The first week, we talked about um, pledging the seed and praying for the seed. We've been using seeds a lot as it pertains um, to this offering because um, everything that is done in the Bible is done based upon seed, time, and harvest. Something has to be planted. A certain amount of time must elapse, and then you finally reap a harvest. Amen? That's how things work in the Bible, seed, time, and harvest. So the first week we prayed about the seed and we pledged the seed and people have been given different pledges, okay? This is what we're gonna do. They've declared it out loud and they're believing that God is gonna make it happen. The, the second week we learned to protect the seed. How do you protect your seed? Because here's what happens. When you pledge a seed, the enemy wants to steal your seed. So you gotta protect your seed. And the only way for you to protect your seed is to what? Have accountability and keep your seed visible, okay? We let people know what our seed is so that they hold us accountable to what we said, but we keep the seed visible. Keep it in a place where you constantly look at it. You constantly think about it because the things that you give attention to grow. The things that you acknowledge grow while the things that you do not pay attention to, they depreciate. They fall by the wayside. If you really want to see change in an area of your life, pay it more attention. That's how you protect your seed. But then we talked about the fact that you have to plan the seed. And I love that David planned this seed because at the end of his life, he wanted to see his son Solomon build the temple, fulfill the mission of God, and build God a massive house for his presence to rule and reign. And David had a plan. It was a very detailed plan. And what did he do? He wrote down the plan. He had a strategy. A lot of us, we want to give a seed and we want to sow a seed, but we have no strategy. Man, I want to give this big seed. How much you saving? I want to give this big seed. Well, maybe there's some things that you own that you realize they're not helping you in any way. You need to get rid of those things because maybe that's a way to stress. Maybe you live beneath your means as opposed to above your means. That's a strategy. 
There's so many different strategies. So you got to have a, a plan for your seat. You strategize, but you don't just strategize. You actually have to do the work. You got to sacrifice. A strategy without the work being done is nothing more than just a strategy. Strategies only work if you work. So we talked about that. And then last week, I love it, we talked about um, being warm. And this doesn't have anything to do with the, the offering as it pertains to the seed, but this has a lot to do with the seed of salvation that we're always trying to protect, that we're always trying to strategize, that we're always trying to bless warm uh, is what we should be as a church. And I hope that you feel that way when you walked in here today. Warm stands for welcome, affirm, relate, memorize. Welcome, affirm, relate, memorize. Why? Because I don't feel like the church has done a very good job at protecting the seed of salvation in our brothers and sisters because we haven't been warm, we've been cold. So today, as we continue to talk about seeds, you got to talk about producing the seed because there's no point in a plan for a seed you never plan on actually producing. Have a plan for a seed, sure. Are you going to produce it? You got to produce the seed. Eventually, we have to produce something in order to plant it. This is what today is about. And the truth is, so many of us don't produce a seed because we, we find that we have a need along the way. We don't produce the seed because the seed ends up going to feed a need along the way. Two things I want to tell you and we'll get out of here. The first is this. Don't eat your seed. Don't eat it. Stop being greedy. Don't, you plan this seed, you pledge this seed, you pray for this seed, you protected this seed. Don't eat your seed. Let me ask, have you protected your seed from you? Don't eat the seed. Look at what, now, now, now that you have that context in mind of what this passage is about today, I'm going to read this passage again because David does the total opposite of eating his seed. David doesn't eat his seed at all. Look at what he does. 1 Corinthians 29, 3 through 5 says, And now because of my what? Devotion to the temple of God, I am giving all of my, all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir, 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Does that sound like eating your seed? He did not eat his seed. And, and, and let me just put this in, in the perspective, okay? It said 112 tons of gold. I wanted you to hear that fact and figure because I want to tell you what that would be worth today. The average selling price for an ounce of gold is around $2,000 today, an ounce. I'll give you even more perspective. This little nugget around my neck is about a half of an ounce. Okay? One ounce 
of gold is worth about two so let me put this into real perspective for you right now. One ton of gold in 2021 would be worth $64.3 million. One. David gave 112. Do the math on your calculator. You're going to get an error message. That doesn't even include the silver that he gave. I wanted to, that for me, that doesn't sound like somebody that's eating their seed. In, in, in the words of the famous American writer and philosopher, 21 Savage, how much money you got? A lot. See what I did there? It's a lot. Like, that's a lot. I just want, like I, I, like, I don't even need a whole ton. Like, can I get a quarter ton? Can I, can I get, like, 10% of a ton? He gave 112 tons of gold. Because David understood something very clear. You know, you know it's funny. like, usually people that got, like, a lot of money, like, they, you know why they have a lot of money? Because they know if they eat their seed, they only feed their greed. The people I know with lots of money, you know what they do? They give it away. They give it away. They don't keep trying to feed themselves. Because if you eat your seed, you only feel your greed. And the flesh, what it wants to do, it tries its hardest. Let me, this, this, man, this, this, this flesh stuff here? It tries its hardest to corrupt the seed with desires and needs of the flesh. This is what it always does. This is why the Bible in Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh desires what is what? Contrary to the spirit. Opposite to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. That's why when your spirit has the idea to do something good, your flesh always wants to do the opposite. It's, it's exactly why. It's like, it's why when you made a pledge five weeks ago, you walked out of church and you found something else to spend that pledge on. Because your flesh always wants to do what is contrary to your spirit. Be, why? Because your flesh is temporary and your spirit is eternal. So the spirit will do things that have long-term benefits, while the flesh, because it knows its time is short, will only do things to feed short-term goals. This is the difference between the flesh and the spirit, but so many of us, we don't think in long term, we think in short term, so we feed the needs we have now. That's why it's so hard for people to save money. It's like, ah, it's just sitting there, ah. My mom used to say when I was a kid, like, the money burning a hole in your pocket. It's because I had short-term goals. I didn't have long-term goals. I had short-term goals. Man, it, <laughs> it's, it's funny because, like, my spirit always wants to do the right thing, but, my, yo, my flesh be bugging, man. 
I don't flesh your butt. So, like, all of October, I went on a fast. Periodically, I'll do different fasts in my life. What's a, what's a fast? You deny yourself something in the physical so that you can attain something in the spiritual. So, when I'm not eating the things that I want to eat all the time, carbs, when I'm not eating the things that I want to eat all the time, sugar, I'm taking that time of not feeding my flesh, and I'm in my Bible. I'm praying. Why? Because I believe that supernaturally God will fill me with something that I am lacking in the physical. That's what a fast is about. So I, this past October, I said, man, I'm going to fa like, fast that sugar demon, and I'm going to fast that bread demon. Because I, like, I, like, I, I was kind of getting out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like my, 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 my waist, what? I ain't going to say it. So I wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat. Let me tell you something, man. So, so yesterday we had the men's thing. Thank God my fast is over. Oh, my God. It was pizza and burgers and, and, and chicken nuggets and, and, and brownies and cookies. I, I, I ain't going to lie, y'all. I sinned. I ate it all. It was great. Wasn't it good, fellas? Yup. See? They greedy, too, just like me. It was good. But last month, I didn't have any of it. And I, like at, at times, like my wife, I don't know when it happened. Like I just, I, I grew a sweet tooth in my life, man. Like I like, I like sweets, man. Sweets are so good. They just delicious. Like I want sweets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the time that the sweets hit me the most, I don't know what it is. It's after dinner. Yeah, see, some of y'all, we going through the same struggles. Okay, we, come on, we gonna pray in tongues together about that, Lord Jesus. Right after that dinner, man, I just, I just want just, just a little something sweet just to cap off the night. You know how it is? It's almost like a treat. Like, it's like, God, I did good today. Please let me have this key lime pie right now. Sweet man, he was kidding. So you know what I had to do? Because like I had, these, I, had, I had cravings. I had these cravings. So what I would do, my wife, my wife she, she, she knows like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm addicted to seltzer water. But there's a strategic. I'm addicted to seltzer water because it's carbonated. So it fills me up. It's like my cheat code. Some people are like, just drink more water. No, drink seltzer water. Let, let some of that air fill up in there. So what I should do is at night, I would drink, I would drink something with my, with, with my meal. And then when I was done, when them cravings started to hit, I would just get, I get a whole bottle. And whatnot, I stand there, I just, I just chug the whole bottle. I chug the whole bottle, because I, I was like, yo, I got to put something in here? Because if, if I don't put something with some kind of nutritional value in me, I'm going to put the wrong thing in me. I, I got to do something, because them cakes be calling me. My mind, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. We ain't, we, mm-mm, mm-mm. Canceled, okay, um. Man, what is happening today? <laughs> I found I had to fill the space so I didn't corrupt the space. <laughs> if I didn't fill the space, I literally would have consumed the seed of the fast that I was trying to give to God. Here's what I want you to understand. And you can write this down, and you can send this to all your friends. 
whatever you don't allow God to feel, the enemy will invade. Whatever you allow in your, if you don't allow God to fill up a space in your life, because the enemy, he only needs a little space. Whatever you don't allow God to fill, the enemy will invade. So allow God to fill you with humility or the enemy will feed you with a need for vanity. Allow God to fill you with generosity or the enemy will feed you with a need for greed. Allow God to fill you with purity or the enemy will feed your need for lust. See, people like you as a pastor when you preach nice stuff, but then they start getting quiet and start looking at you funny when you're preaching what's real. Allow God to feed your, your need for gratitude or the enemy will feed your need for envy. You got to allow God to fill you with self-control or the enemy will feed your need for gluttony. Consumption, I need more. I need more. I have no self-control. You're not an animal. You're a human. You have free will. I have a dog, Tupac. He has no self-control. Are, are you lower than him? You can control. I, I just can't. Yes, you can. That's why you need the Holy Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. Allow God to fill you with patience, or the enemy will feed your need with anger. Mm -mm -mm. Allow God to fill you with diligence, or the enemy will feed your need with laziness. Whatever you don't allow God to fill, the enemy will invade. See, I've realized people are so quick to eat their seed when they don't believe that God will fill their need. That's what we have to understand. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you with something that won't really satisfy you anyway. Look at what, look, I'm going to read 1 Chronicles um, um, 29, 5, but now I'm going to read it in the, in, the, in the King James Version. Remember what it said in the New Living Translation? It said, it says, and, and for the gold and the silver work to be done by the craftsmen, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? That's what it said. New, now look at what it says in the King James. I'm reading the King James because there's a specific word that I want to pull out. First Chronicles 29, 5, it says, the gold things of gold, the gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver, and for all the manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers, it says, and who then is willing to, underline this word, consecrate? Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Why is that word consecrate there? The word consecrate, it means to declare something as sacred. It means to set something apart. But the Hebrew term, which this is originally written in the Hebrew, the Hebrew term for consecrate is mala, or you can pronounce it male, male. Male, you know what it means? To be full or satisfied. To be full or satisfied. David did not eat his seed. He gave it to God and he asked the people 
who was willing to consecrate their service to the Lord? Because David knew the key to filling his appetite was not eating the seed. David knew that only generosity could satisfy an appetite. I know it sounds like it doesn't make sense, but David said the only way you're going to feel this appetite to stop thinking about yourself is to give what you have away. Generosity, consecrating yourself to the Lord, is not about gaining more. It's about giving what you have to him. Because when you give what you have to him, guess what? You are set apart as sacred. David was so smart because only generosity could truly satisfy the appetites of the people in his kingdom. And this is always the paradox of the gospel, my friends. It never sounds like it makes sense, but it always makes perfect sense. To live, you must die. To gain your life, you must lose it. To reap, you must sow. To satisfy, you must not consume more. You must give more of what you have to God. David says, y'all really want to be satisfied? Give what you have. Give what you have, not to me, but to the work of the Lord. The answer to your problem is not to eat your seed, it's to produce it. Produce it. Because if you put your seed in God's hands, it can't be consumed by your cravings. See, some of you only have a seed to consume because it's still in your hand. I can't consume it if I don't have it. There's literally stuff that I put away that I don't have access to. Because I know if I do, I'm going to eat it. So why not put it in hands that are better than my own? Why not put what you have in hands that are better for your own? Because that way you don't have to worry about your cravings because when you have a craving, it's not in your hand to consume on your own. Start, let me tell you something. You got to starve your greed with generosity. Starve it. Don't eat your seed. Second point, starve your greed. Starve your greed. Look at what 1 Chronicles 29, 6 8 says, and the band could come up because this is it. And the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, the kings, administrative officers, all gave willingly. David says, who's going to join me? The leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, all the king's administrators, officers, the leaders of all the families, all gave, all the leaders gave. That's what leaders do. Notice all the leaders gave willingly. Oh, that's what leaders do. For the construction of the temple of God, and they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 3, tons of iron. They also contributed numerous, um, uh, numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, the descendant of Gershon. What did David understand? If you starve your greed, you feed the need. If you starve your greed, 
you feed, and not just any need, you feed the real need when you starve your greed. See, I believe David starved his greed, and what ended up happening is he ended up feeling a, a, a need that was greater than anything that he ever imagined. See, David thought that he was just giving to build the temple of, the, of, of God. But what he was actually doing by his generosity, what he did was not just build the temple of God, he sparked unity amongst the whole kingdom. That was the greater need. That was the greater need. It wasn't just about the temple. God knew if I could get these people to build this temple, I can get them to agree on something. How much could the church learn if we were not trying to build lowercase c and trying to build capital C church around the world? But we all want to be in our bubbles building our own thing when God's saying, I need you to give so that you can be unified. Unity is the greater need. But you got to say no to self and yes to God. This is what David was trying to get him to do. I'm going to show you by example. I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. I'm going to give what I have. So I want you to see I'm saying no to self and yes to God. And because of it, David inspired others to say yes to God to fulfill not David's purpose, God's purpose. I believe the only thing that will grow the kingdom is when believers starve their greed and feed the higher need of the kingdom of God. You see, you got to ask yourself, are you willing to starve your greed of gossip to fill the need of more encouragement in God's house? I got to ask, are you willing to starve the greed for power to fill the need of more humility in God's house? I gotta ask you, are you willing to starve the greed for lust and feel the need for more purity and holiness? I'm sick of believers saying that they're believers and they're going out and living like the devil. How are we gonna set the example when we're doing what everybody else is doing? Stop feeding your need and feed the real need. Purity still matters in 2021. Holiness still matters in 2021, y'all. But the world ain't getting it from nowhere but us. And we're not showing them because we're trying to feed our own greed. Are you willing to starve the greed of unforgiveness and feel the need of forgiveness in your relationships? You know how, Christian, how many Christian people I know that can't forgive somebody? That's not what Jesus looked like. Jesus says, forgive others as I have forgiven. You don't know what they did to me, pastor. I know what they did to Jesus. And he forgave them. Ever been crucified? Forgive. You, you, you got to be willing to starve this greed for anger to feel the need of love in society, man. You know how many angry people we got running around? And Christians, we can't even tell them apart from them because we got sour faces too. I love Jesus. Do you? 
Smile. Stop being so angry. Man, some Christians could be some of the angry. What you mad about? You got saved. And you know. You know what Jesus did for you. Why are you so mad? Are you willing to starve the greed for more money to fill the need of resources for the church so that we can actually be a blessing to the community? Like, it makes me laugh because people say, the church can't help, but you don't help the church. We can only do what we can do through you. The money don't fall out the sky. God's plan is always a man. He wants to use us to fill his house so we can put a blanket of blessing over the entire community. That's how we build strong families to build strong futures. That's how we go in spaces and provide love and resources where nobody else is. We've been a blessing to this community from day one. I ain't talking about y'all. Y'all the most generous church on the planet. Thank God for you we've been able to do so much. Thank God for you. But without you, man, we can't do what we say that we want to do. Are you willing to starve your greed for the spotlight to fill the need of putting the spotlight on Jesus? Is your faith so much about you that people only see you when they don't see Jesus? You know that's what the Pharisees did, right? They put the spotlight, look at me. My giant offerings, my worthy prayers, look at me. They put the spotlight on themselves because they had to fill that need. And they took the spotlight off of Jesus. Let me tell you what I'm willing to do as a pastor. I'm willing to starve my greed of cool church being the biggest church on the planet if it feeds the need of the capital C church to be the most unified force on the planet. I don't need credit. I just need us to work better together so that Jesus gets all the glory. I love cool church, but we are a part of something special. Some people will try to act like their thing is the only thing and it's the biggest thing, but let me tell you something, ain't nothing bigger than Jesus. I wanna be a part. I don't care if I'm a hand, I don't care if I'm a foot, I don't care if I'm a pinky toe. I'ma be a part of the body of Christ because I am not the head, Jesus is. So I'm willing to lay down my aspirations for what I thought this thing should be so that Jesus gets all the glory. I'll work with whoever we got to work with. I'll connect with whoever we got to connect with because at the end of the day, people don't need another fancy church. They need more Jesus. For he is the way, the truth, the life, and no man gets to the Father except through him. Because David starved his greed in the kingdom through generosity, the greater needs of God's kingdom were met. But not only did David inspire them to say no to themselves and yes to God, this is the best part, y'all. They were happy about it. You, you, you know why I said, like, 
it's interesting that the Bible has to say that God loves a cheerful giver. Because you know why I have to say that? Imagine how you feel when you give it. You're always smiling? Are you always happy about it? Don't try to be saved today. I know me. Sometimes I'm like, ah, ah. God, you know I got this bill. Ah, but I trust you. <laughs> I trust. It hurts. I trust you. I'm gonna force this smile. So I got love. God loves a cheerful giver because, man, when you, when you truly, like, realize who God is and what he has done, it starts to become less of a problem. Starts to get easier. I'm not a dude standing here today to act like, oh, I've always been a giver and I always gave my 10%. Yeah. Man, it, 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 was, it, it was like working out, man. It was a muscle. First, I had to like work out my muscles just to do the basics. That's the tithe part, the 10%. But then after I did that, I'm like, man, it's not enough. This light work now. I need to do more. And I started feeling better. But the, I just love it. The more my family gives, the better I feel. I started to get excited about it. And what really gets me excited is when I see growth in the kingdom. I'm shedding tears during worship because I'm looking. I'm like, I remember where we were almost three years ago. We wasn't on the stage like this. People weren't singing in other languages like that. Spirit presence of God wasn't falling like that. But man, we're growing because so many people are not just generous with their finance. They're generous with their time. They're generous with their love. They're generous with their heart. It's something about generosity that can lift the weight off the room. It's something about generosity that can lift people's spirits. People starting to get cheerful. I love it because David gave so much. People got excited. They got happy. That's like, man, what else can we give? How many more tons can we give? Because there was true joy in generosity but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 29 9 the people rejoiced over the offerings sometimes somebody come up here and talk about giving people start putting their head down rejoice they rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly freely and wholeheartedly to what to King David no freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord and King David was filled with joy you, you, you see how joy resonates among people when people are being generous why must we produce the seed today because everyone's excited when a choice is made to give freely and wholeheartedly see Jesus he came to this earth he lived he performed miracles. He died on the cross. But three days later, he rose again from the grave to give you an opportunity to give everything to him freely and wholeheartedly. Jesus, he died on the cross to give you the opportunity to give of yourself freely and wholeheartedly to him. But the best part, when you make a decision 
to give all of who you are to Jesus freely and wholeheartedly, all of heaven celebrates that decision. But it gets even better than that because not only does all of heaven celebrate that decision, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is filled with joy because you decided to give to him freely and wholeheartedly. How do you know it's true? All I gotta do is read to you the words of Jesus in Luke 15, four through seven, that says, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he, joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls all his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not repent. All of heaven rejoices when you choose to allow Jesus to produce the seed of salvation in your life. I don't know who needs to hear it today, but God loves you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you. And when you choose him, I can't open up the ceiling to show you, but all of heaven, they celebrate, they sing, they worship, they dance, they shout because you chose to freely and wholeheartedly Give all of yourself to him. If you believe it, say amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you thought this was just about an offering today, you missed it. I'm looking for people that say, I want to freely and wholeheartedly give all of myself to God because when you do it all of heaven rejoices every angel every seasoned saint but even more than that the king of kings I believe stands up from his throne looks down and says I love you son I love you daughter I'm so proud of you for you have brought joy to the kingdom today. I don't know who needs to hear it, but maybe nobody's ever celebrated you in life. Let me tell you something. Nobody on earth can celebrate you the way that heaven does when you freely and wholeheartedly give your life to Jesus. But it's a choice. I can't make you do it. You gotta freely say, how do I do that? I love what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9. That when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he is raised from the dead, you're saved. That is an act of you freely and wholeheartedly giving everything to God and it brings your creator, it brings your maker, the God of the heaven, the most joy. It will bring God more joy for your salvation than anything else you can do in your entire life. So you're like, man, I just want to make God happy. Give him your life. Give him your life. No reluctance. Just give it to him. Your life is worth way more in God's hands than your own. If you're watching online, if you're in this audience, on the count of three, you say, I want to give everything freely and wholeheartedly to God. 
no turning back. This is my time. I'm not going to wait anymore. On the count of three, I want you to raise. Listen, don't worry about what your neighbor doing. Don't worry about what other people doing. Listen, just like God will cheer for them, I promise you, he's looking at you. He will cheer for you. This ain't about what anybody else is doing today. On the count of three, I want to give everything to God, freely and wholeheartedly. I want you to raise your hand. Be bold about it. Jesus was bold on the cross for you. Don't act like a coward on earth for him. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up. Be bold. I see you and 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 you. I said all those yous because I want you to know that you are not alone. If your hands up, stand up right now. Stand up. Stop being scared. Give it all. Come on. If your hands up, stand up. Let's go. You standing up, you already did the hard part. Come down to this altar. Let me pray with you. Come on. And y'all clap for him. Come on. Let, let him hear what heaven's going to sound like. Come on. Come on. Heaven celebrates you. God is proud of you. There is joy in all of heaven for you today. Come on. Hallelujah. Come. 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 see what heaven is doing right now if they celebrate one what do you think they're doing right now if they celebrate one if you're out there in this audience man I'm so proud of all these people that took this bold step maybe you're out there saying ah pastor it's hard I don't know listen it's family so you don't have to do anything alone I want you to look at your neighbor and say hey if you're scared I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them and walk them down. No shame in this room, as you can see. I just want to give a moment. I want to make sure everybody's standing. I want to make sure everybody's standing because we're going to pray and get out of here in a second. Say, if you're scared, I'll go with you. They say, yeah, just pull them down. It's all right. No shame. It's all love. It's all love. Praise him. Now, y'all seasoned saints out there, reach your hands down to this altar. You down in this altar? I've seen some of y'all walk down here in tears. They should be tears of joy because heaven celebrates you. Raise your hands to heaven right now. You say, why? Freely, wholeheartedly, give everything you got. This is a sign of surrender. God, you get it all from me today. And I want everybody to confess with your mouth, believe. You got to believe it right here. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, 
I give my life completely to you, freely and wholeheartedly. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, see that sign? That's for you. Welcome to the family. That's what you are. You're surrounded by grandmas, grandpas, aunties, uncles, brothers, sisters. We love you. And I got a free gift for you. I got Bibles, I got letters, I got all kind of fun stuff for you. You're gonna follow them in a the moment. You say, I don't, I don't wanna do that. Listen, I hate when people make a decision for salvation. And if you have, and like some people that make that decision, then they still have questions. But we got a team out there that can answer your questions. There's no question we are scared of because the Bible is the answer to everything. Amen? So we want to give you a gift. They'll pray for you if you want it. Nobody's forcing anything on you. And if you would like, if you have questions, you can ask. So here's what's going to happen. I told you heaven celebrates you, right? Heaven does celebrate you. Can't open up the ceiling and show you. But we can help them hear what it sounds like, can't we, family? On the count of three, they're going to cheer louder for you than they have for anything they ever have in their life. When you hear that cheer, you're going to follow my sister Kishana right there. Right out to the, they're going to be right out in the lobby, family. I promise you, they ain't running away. They ain't getting raptured, okay? They're going to be right out in the lobby waiting for you. So on the count of three, they're going to cheer. Y'all going to walk. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three, go. Let them know how much God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know they're favored. Let them know they're beautiful. Let them know they're blessed. Let them know they're children of the Most High God. Come on. child of God declare it thank you so much for listening to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you've heard please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much don't forget to connect with us at our website thecoolchurch.com And always remember that you were created out of love.